When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Yes, good morning to you. It is Thursday and we are creeping towards the end of November, which means we get towards the end of December, which is Christmas, and then we start up again in January. It's just, uh, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to, including the dulcet tones of this young man, and that is Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to you, Gibbsy. Morning, Hazy. And you're spot on. Is time going really quick at the moment? Oh. That's what happens, mate, when you go past 30, start going, where did the the day go? It just seems, yeah, one day is morphing into the next. And as you said, Christmas is just around the corner. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Kids are getting old all of a sudden. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just busy or what's going on, but it seems like the weeks are flying by. Kids are looking you in your eye and saying, piss off, Dad. And you're going, where did the time go? (laughs) Remember when you couldn't talk? And you used to just do what you were told and... (laughs) Really well behaved, and now you're doing your own thing. Now you're really running your own race. It's good to see. Uh, top of 23 across Adelaide today with a bit of sunshine. It's going to be mostly sunny. That's some nice weather to look forward to. There we go. Big show as well. Huge show. Huge show, Gibbsy. What do we got coming up? Take us through it. Uh, well, our one and only Michelangelo Rucci. We'll, we'll speak sh- to. Straight to the top shelf. At. Uh, What's that? Just uh, about quarter past seven. <laughs> Jacob Ryan will speak to it about seven thirty as well. Glenelg uh, Junior draft prospect for this year. Good kid. We're going to live talk- in studio. Absolutely. Oh yes, live in the studio. A great effort mm. for him to come in. Uh, the Phantom as well. Yep. Who is the Phantom, by the way? That's a great question. <laughs> that is a great question. I actually don't know who it is. I'm not sure who the Phantom is. It's a man of great mystery, and if you follow him on social media, particularly on Twitter. Jeez, he's doing a good well, a good job concealing the identity. We've got Curtis Mead as well uh, to talk about all things Adelaide Giants and uh, one of uh, the big dogs in uh, Dermot Brereton a little bit later, just after 8 o'clock. Mm, looking forward to speaking to Dermot, catch up on all things, part of our, our Brumbies chat, uh, which we've been doing each and every Thursday. Uh, so look, a really big show. Get yourself nice and involved really early. Set the tone, 0427 because as we've been doing for a long time now, a little Signet Boost power bank up for grabs for the best call and or slash text. They're valued at $59.95. Uh, Bryce Gibbs has rolled in this morning with what can only be described as um, the sharpest haircut in South Australia. If you went any shorter, you'd start to take skin off. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fresh, and I've gone a little bit early. I only got a haircut only about two or three weeks ago. I had uh, a buck show. I uh, I sharpened up for, but uh, my barber is uh, going in for a little uh, procedure this week, and I've got a wedding on uh, this weekend. So, what's your barber getting a job? Is it eye surgery? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a good haircut on her fingers, maybe. Oh, <laughs> a bit of finger <laughs> surgery. <laughs> uh, so I. I 
probably gone a little bit earlier than I normally would, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fresh. No, oh, look at that. Mm. So that's what you do no matter when you've got a big occasion. You get a real solid, tight fade. Just to, you know, trim the uh, beard as well, or yeah, the beard will go. No, the beard will go. Okay, it's a bit, bit rugged and clean shaven. Or no, 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 keep it. I don't, I don't think I've clean shaven for about fifteen years. Really? Yeah. Goodness me. A little bit of trivia for you. Useless trivia. So I used to uh, never be clean shaven, but I had two rules. Always be clean shaven for the judiciary, which I only got to visit the Sanford judiciary two or three times, I reckon, or a wedding. It's the only time that rays would come out. You wouldn't belt blokes, would you? No, <laughs> not On anymore. On the footy field? No, not anymore. And not right now. You, not like not this morning. <laughs> you, you, you'd start the fight and then the Gowns twins would come, and, yeah. come in and finish it. And then I'd run away. <laughs> One time I was standing behind a bloke and I punched him as hard as I could in the hip and I broke a knuckle. <laughs> if you're, you're going to throw your weight around, yeah. I'd probably avoid the pointiest part of their body. Yeah, I know. And I don't even reckon he felt it. So that was one of the most heroic things that's ever been done on a football field. And I reckon I tried to run off afterwards with a broken knuckle. Just absolute scenes. I hope no one saw it. I'm glad I didn't have children at that stage of my life because I would have hated for my son to see such an event. That wasn't why you ended up at the tribunal. No, no, I got done a couple of times, twice for charging. <laughs> and what else? I oh, won for striking, yes. You are a thug. Yeah. I got someone uh, in the stomach region in a uh, qualifying final, actually. It was a, unbelievable. Ooh. Just a quick story for you. Uh, struck a Darren Pfeiffer in the stomach. Darren Pfeiffer? Yeah. He's pretty tough, too, from memory. Is he? Okay. <laughs> Strike him as hard as I could. Uh, anyway, it was a reserve umpire. I didn't know this was a thing as well. Okay. It was a reserve umpire that got me on the boundary. Yeah, right. So this was the qualifying final. So this was, and we won, so 2011. So we won this to go into the grand final. So if I'd missed, I would have been ineligible for the grand final. And uh, nervous, got him. Nervous weight. Got him, he went down. Oh, it was yeah. really, really tough. He went down, uh, reserve umpire got me. What sort of helped me as well was it, uh, and sp- since spoken down about it as well, I reckon we were at Chivago's one night and we had a couple of beers and really pumped into each other and uh, really uh, mended some some wounds. Um, and he went down quite quickly and then the camera went off him to the play and then came back to him, he was still on the ground and he just jumped to his feet and ran off, so, which actually worked that in my favour. And look, long story short, I accrued about 95 points. I got a little leniency fee towards the end for some lies that I spoke about in front of everyone, including Matt Doldy, (laughs) which I sort of feel like uh, almost bit me on the bum the following week when we played against the Eagles. And I accrued 95 points, 100 points tips you over. Got to play. Got to lose in the grand final. Suspended fine or something, was it? Well, no. Suspended down, not even that. It was 95 points, meaning next time that I... Basically, trip over my shoelaces. I was getting a week. Yep, yep. So there you go. I got to yeah, play, right. and then we lost, which was nice. Bit of karma. Did you get suspended? All? Did you get reported? All? Me, I did. I got. I missed two games for a sling tackle on Robbie Gray. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, uh, the famous uh, started uh, the proceedings for that. Oh my gosh, that was unbelievable! And of all people, as well, Robbie Gray. What What were you doing? Well, he shouldn't have been standing there. Oh, he shouldn't have been. It wasn't even a free there. kick. It wasn't even a free kick. He was nowhere near the ball. He probably game. just he probably just kicked the goal of the year nomination. And you've picked him up, bear hugged him, slung him to the ground. The most beautiful and perfect player that's ever existed, Robbie Gray. We love Robbie You're Gray. Thug. There's no doubt about that. But You're a thug. 
what made me think I was going to be probably okay is that not one port player come over and remonstrated either. Uh, not even a free kick on the day. Unfortunate to hit his head on the ground and the play continued. Yeah, well, pardon the pun, but it was in the grey zone, was it, at that stage, where sling tackles? It was I, I, It was two actions. So I'd tackled him and then I'd chosen to take him to the ground and I'd had both of his arms and his mm. head hit the ground. And then... Unfortunately. And then, if my memory serves me correctly, there's a bit of back and forth on social media with you and Sammy Calhoun. That's cr- <laughs> that is a good memory. That, <laughs> well, that's, that? that's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sammy Calhoun, good Central Districts boy originally, making his way in the yeah. AFL. A bit of back and forth. And back then as well, I mean, social media wasn't a new thing, but it was... We were still trying to work it out. We were still trying to work yeah. it out. And it was controversial for... Um, football players to interact at all in terms of yep. negative stuff. So it was like, ooh, what's happening here? Yep. Yeah, I I'd, uh, I think I just mentioned that I was um, shocked and I didn't even know who Sam Colhoun was at, at the time. And he's uh, piped up on uh, on Twitter, I think it was, and said uh, something like, uh, not shocking, two actions, pow. Like, pow. Pow. He powed you. He powed me. And then uh, it was funny, uh, two weeks later, he had been dropped and Adam Adam Hartlett actually texted me and he knew he was getting dropped. Hamish had told him that he's getting dropped and uh, Adam said to me, why don't you just put this out on Twitter about uh, your old mate Sam Colhoun's getting dropped this week. So, so what year was this? Uh, was Adam still at the Blues? No, no, no. He, he back he'd, at West he'd finished, but he'd be yep, talking okay. to Adam uh, Hamish and Hamish had said that uh, Sam was getting dropped this week. So I waited <laughs> until they announced it on, uh, on a Thursday night. Yeah, and uh, I think I just tweeted back something like uh, "unlucky, pal." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A little bit of a cheap shot, but uh, so have you bumped into Sam Colin since? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think I have. I don't because you no. wouldn't have played. He would have. I think he retired in the Sandful the, the year, year before I you came back. back yeah, yeah. So yep. I just missed him, but you know, a bit of fun and mm. fun and games. Yeah, he is actually still playing and. Dominating uh, in the Barossa. He's coaching the, somewhere, I think, down uh, He's at Tanunda, I reckon, okay. with the West Offs, and they've got this yep. absolutely ridiculously stacked team. Yep. Uh, very good player crew. too, Sammy. Yep. So there you go. Just a bit of banter back in the day. Just um, never forget as well, would you? Never forget. Poor Sammy. Um, didn't need that sort of salt rubbed into the room after he got dropped, but there you are. No, and it just, the poor timing of it. That <laughs> a week later, after he'd had a crack at me, he, uh, he found himself playing two footy, so... <laughs> Uh, what goes around comes around. It's all good fun. There it is. 0427-154-166. That is a text line. Get involved this morning, of course. Uh, give us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So it was only a few days ago that uh, we were sitting here and uh, might have been with Adam Cooney when uh, the headline came up on the TV that there was four lions that escaped. <laughs> it's outrageous. We're like, what the hell is going on? Is this an actual thing? Well, what about this story? And look, lion is one thing. I'm not sure what's more scary if you saw a lion cruising down the street or you saw a king cobra slithering down the street what would you least prefer to bump into you're not giving me two very good options no they're not they're both dangerous options ah you would prefer the cobra wouldn't you would you you prefer to see a lion coming at you bear in mind uh cobras are huge and also they they stand up cobra or cobra cobra a, and a cobra? <laughs> Is it cobra or cobra? I'm not sure. Put it out of the text line. You can say cobra, I'll say cobra. All right, well, we okay. cover all bases. There we go. A venomous 2.2 metre, seven foot king 
cobra that escaped from its home in a Swedish zoo has returned back home by itself, bringing a happy ending to over a week-long disappearance saga. So Houdini, as we named him, has crawled back into the terrarium. The CEO, Jonas Wallström of the Scans and Aquarium, told the Swedish public broadcaster SVT on Sunday. The deadly snake, whose official name is Sir Vass, which apparently is... A name? Yeah, Sir Vass, <laughs> which is um, Swedish for Sir Hiss. <laughs> Classic. Nice. Loves to hiss, does Sir Hiss. Um, he escaped on October 22 via a light fixture in the ceiling of his glass enclosure at the aquarium part of the zoo at the Skansen Open Air Museum, a park on Stockholm's Derge Garden Island. As a result of an intensive search with X-ray machines, Houdini was located earlier this week in a confined <laughs> space near the terrarium in the insulation between the two walls. He was just taking it all in, just relaxing. Just he needed some time away from the public spotlight. Yeah, sometimes you just need that. Also, a bit, a bit of me time. He had a hankering for trying to um, destroy some children. Couldn't find any, though. So he went, I'll oh, bugger this, I'm hungry. I need some mice. And he went back to his terrarium. Houdini, that's brilliant. <laughs> so um, his. <laughs> <laughs> Seven feet, though. Two by two metres. So that's what I'm talking about. So what, what would you prefer? Okay, here's one for you. 0427-154-166. What would you least prefer to bump into? A lion who could just be cruising around. I mean, who knows if he's angry or not. Maybe he's just taking the vibes. Maybe he's going to run them all. Maybe he's getting a sharp fade like Bryce Gibbs. Maybe he's got a wedding this weekend. Or a 2.2 metre king cobra or cobra, if you like. That we can all assume still has its fang and is still chock a block full of venom, and I've seen I've seen king cobras take down houses in one hit. Is that right? Oh, they're big boys. Two point two meters. That's huge. Like you said, what's that? Seven foot. And they sit up too. Like they, they sit, sit right up, up. Like it'll it's nearly be looking so they can go in the eye. So they can go bang and peck you in the face. <laughs> I don't think they peck, but <laughs> <laughs> with, its, with its snake beak. <laughs> So he can take you. He can take your nose clean off. Yeah. So I'm taking the line. You take... Oh, and what am I taking? Because I can outrun a, a cobra. Actually, I can't at the moment because I did my calf again yesterday. <laughs> yeah, your, your calves are made... They look that good. They're just made of paper. Oh, yes. I felt like a king cobra bit me in the calf. <laughs> yeah. Went for a little jog as well and sort of almost looked around going, what the hell? Did a snake just bite me? No, it's my piece of shit calf. It's gone again. <laughs> Third time in about six weeks. Anyway, cobra or lion, which one you got? Yeah, I... A lion. Although snakes are hideous. Snakes are scary. But you could outrun a cobra. You could outrun a cobra. Could I? As long as it's less than 400 metres, because if it's a two-kilometre time trial, the cobra's going to catch hey, up with you. And get you. We did 100s, 200s, 400s last night, and I tell you, I'm not that quicker over the shorter <laughs> distance than I am the longer distance. <laughs> uh, all right, get involved this morning. 0427 154 uh, Look, we'll get around tyre power as well. Of course we will. Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. And also Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas. Nice weather on the way across Adelaide. 23 degrees, the expected top. It's going to be mostly sunny. Class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. Bryce Gibbs is in and feeling chipper because effectively this is our Friday. Of course, Kane and Kingy are back tomorrow. Not even sure if that's even correct. I don't think it would be. Kane's not back for another few days or so. But look, um, you'll get a standing show tomorrow as I dig my way out of that small little thing that I just said there. Can't knock your effort though. You, mm. had, a, you had a crack at it. Let's just talk about 2023. Eh? Kane and King, you return for Friday. I can tell you that much. Absolutely. A few volcanoes. Mm, a few little volcanoes. Uh, David King, don't worry. King, you can go as hard as 
game. They're, good, not harder. they're good debaters. Yeah, Fireball Friday. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, really like that. Um, all right, so uh, 0427154166, that is the text line. Bryce Gibbs looking very nice as well with his fade. Um, I just wonder as well, what is the plan this weekend uh, in terms of where's it at and how big do you think it's going to be? Uh, uh, it'll, be it'll be a solid solid wedding. Mm. This is actually um, it's a mate from school. And not too often do you get all your, your schoolmates together in the one place. It's like a, any, as you get older, kids and life gets busy. And, yeah, to, to look forward to these weddings and, and getting everyone in the same room uh, all together, it doesn't happen too often. So uh, we're certainly looking forward to it. We've got a few of the boys that live interstate as well these days. So, uh, yeah, to get everyone, there's probably a crew of about you know, 10 to 12 of us that mm. uh, are still pretty close and, uh, yeah, so to spend uh, the whole afternoon together on Saturday, leading into Saturday night, will be uh, good fun. Very nice. Uh, probably won't go as hard as a couple of South Africans did recently. All right, this a South African man living in Australia broke a Guinness World Record by taking an epic pub crawl to 78 different establishments in a 24-hour period. 78. 24 hours, 78 pubs. Heinrich de Villiers received word from Guinness World Records that his Feb 10 to 11 pub crawl across Melbourne with support team consisting of brother... Rual de Villiers and friend Wessel Berger has been certified as a record for the most pub visited in 24 hours. De Villiers took the record from Englishman Nathan Crimp, who visited 67 pubs in Brighton, England area in the same period, 24 hours. Um, it's important to note that as per the Guinness World Records, we only had to consume 125 milliliters, 4.2 ounces of any drink at each place we visited. So uh, Jason's a bit of a... Um, Maths man and likes to uh, really nut out the finer details of things. Jason, our extraordinaire producer. So he's worked out that it's 10 litres. We can only assume a beer in 24 hours, which equates to 26 beers over 24 hours. 26 beers? 26 beers. I thought it might have been, been a little bit more than that. So it's a beer It's a beer every hour for 24 hours, just over a bit. Yeah. Just over about 26 stubbies. I tell you, you'd be, they'd be bloated. Oh, Imagine all that a sit, lot of yeast in your, in your guts, your guts isn't it? Oh. <laughs> Goodness me. Um, what, about, what about his mate? Wessel Berger. Mm. What a name. Wessel. You we- just know. Wessel Berger. That just, that just sounds like a pub crawl, doesn't it? Oh, I was just about to say, you just know. Um, you don't even have to meet Wessel. You know he's the man to be right alongside you when you're trying to take on such a record. <laughs> He's, he's the friend you want. Like Wessel Berger. Smashing down. Uh, was pots. built for this. And you're halfway through and you're like, what's Wessel doing? Did, did, did Wessel just have a shot? <laughs> what is he doing? He's got to pace himself. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, it's, that sounds like the actual pub crawl. The Wessel Berger pub crawl. The Wessel Berger pub crawl. In spirit of Wessel, who yeah. was actually going, matching um, our good friend Heinrich one for one and then taking a few extras along the way. Saving the boys along. Uh Along the attempt for the Guinness World Record, uh, that's I think that's one you want, isn't it? If you're going to win a Guinness World Record, that that's one you'd want to have under your surely on your belt, notch on your belt. <laughs> surely, I mean, there's Longest all sorts crawl? of uh, world records, like you know, I, I I don't know, running from Perth to Sydney, <laughs> yeah. uh, running from Adelaide to Melbourne, all sorts of records in under a certain amount of time, which you could sit there and be like, oh, you know, I achieved that one day. But you'd take most pub. I'd take most, most venues most in twenty four hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, sure, you'd beat Kane Corns at that too. I reckon. Yeah. I don't think he'd he's a man it. of stamina, but he he wouldn't last too long. He, he wouldn't would on he? the pub scene. No. <laughs> Twenty six minutes past at six o'clock this morning. Our text line is absolutely open. 
Um, this quick text as well, and we're saying, here we go. What would you least like to confront? A lion on the street or a 2.2 metre cobra or cobra? This one said, what about option three? A two metre Aaron Sandilands. <laughs> Ooh, that can be very dangerous too. He's taller than that, isn't he? Mm. Two metres. He'd be about almost 2.2. He's big boy. Really big boy. And um, he's not going to bite you in the face though as well. And his venom's not going to kill you. No, nah, I remember running into Aaron Sandilands on the field one Saturday afternoon. He beat you in the face. And he wouldn't have even known I hit him. <laughs> I, I hit him, bounced off, hurt myself, and he just—he wouldn't have even known I ran into him, mm. ran into the back of him. Stunt double. Big, big boy. Big stunt double on Happy Gilmore. I believe that jacket belongs to Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that guy? He's, in, he's nine iron. I believe you forgot your nine iron. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, Louis texted in. He said, 26 beers over 24 hours is rookie numbers. Prime Hayes would have put back a carton of Red Bears on a Saturday night with ease. <laughs> Red Bears. Hey, bear in mind as well, Red Bears are 440 mils. They the four pack of four forty. Oh just, yeah, uh, the red, the raspberry red bears meant you were. You're in for a good night. You were really you? on a mission, weren't you? Tucked under your arm, mm. heading into the uh, the house party with meant, your red bears. Yep, meant you had big plans that night, didn't you? And you always went alone, home alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old days. Six twenty seven on sixteen twenty nine SCNSA. Um, let's get around weeks as well. We'll discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes discover different. Good morning. And Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Yes, text line 0427154166. From our good friend Brady said, Morning guys, if you came across the line, the only thing you could do is just hand it the salt and pepper and just lay on the plate. Well, unfortunately, well, maybe it's mixed... Mixed for a line that came across us, and uh, it's feedback for you and me, Bryce. We're probably just a little bit well, well marbled than we should be at the moment. <laughs> but you're working on it. Would Pre-season it be, training started. Yeah, it certainly has. And uh, it was actually quite cold last night. I don't mm. know if you walked outside as the sun was coming down hazy, but uh, it got pretty chilly pretty quickly. So that wasn't ideal. But yeah, pre-season is uh, in full flight. We've already knocked over just uh, nearly knocked over three weeks. Mm. And what have you been doing? Just watching, <laughs> encouraging from the sidelines. You doing your own thing where you're at when you when you're at full contact when you're at full running etc. Uh, be after Christmas. I'm full everything bar contact. Okay. Oh, so you're doing all the runs? Yeah, yeah. When's your next two k time trial? Uh, well, see, I'm smart. Uh, there might be a little clause in my contract, Hazy, that says uh, I don't have to compete in the two k time trials. <laughs> Goodness me! It's called uh, experience. Where do you reckon you'd sit? Where do, where would I sit? Yeah, I'd like be, if you did a 2K nah, time trial. I'd be Are back. you battling it out with the Ruckman? Yeah, I wouldn't be far out. Who are the big boys? Some of, some of the Ruckman run really well these days. <laughs> really well, I'm telling you. Uh, no, nah, I'd be back. Well back in the back. <laughs> yeah. And once upon a time, it'd bother me. But these days, I could not care less. Oh, there you go. Hope Hopeful for Wright's not listening this morning. No, nah, he knows exactly where I stand with it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Big pre-season ahead for the Panthers. As I said, I'm more of a March-April type operator. That's when I start coming into my own. You time your own beautifully. I do. Yep, that's don't want to peak too early. That's important. You can't play footy in November and December. We know that. Um, geez, it's gone quickly though as well. I mean, a lot of clubs will start their pre-seasons up. Crows start their pre-season on Monday. Yeah, it's come around quick, hasn't it? Really quick. Yep. So, holiday 
period's over and uh, now it's time to get back to work. You mean, I mean, most of the players train pretty hard in their, in their off period anyway, just to, uh, it's funny, isn't it? The, uh, the em- emph- emphasis is put on coming back fit for pre-season. Once upon a time, pre-season was used to get fit for the season. Now you've got to be fit to be fit for the season. See, I remember I used to always come back really fit for the pre-season. And then I think I had surgery at the end of one season. I thought, you know what, I'm actually going to genuinely use the pre-season to get fit. Never again. Just the pain of pre-season when you come back unfit yep. is not worth it. You come from a long way back. And oh the first few gosh. weeks, of trying to condition your body to uh, to playing footy again, it, uh, yeah, it uh, takes a while to get used to. Mm. And you did that your whole career. I'm still doing it. <laughs> 6.35 on 16.29 SENSA. Beautiful weather across Adelaide today. Top of 23. It's going to be mostly sunny. Uh, time for some news. And Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. The text line is 0427154166. Ken gives a call all the way up until 8.30. That number, 1300 736 736. Best caller and or texter. Get yourself a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at $59.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Uh, let's get into our sports update now. Gibbsy and Melbourne United centre Isaac Humphreys, of course, former Adelaide 36er, has come out as the first openly gay player in the top-tier men's basketball league in the NBL. Uh, Humphreys shared the news to teammates on Wednesday morning, posting a video of the moment via his social media. Let's have a bit of a listen. I hated it about myself. I was disgusted at myself. I thought that I could not be that person within our environment, within a basketball environment. I decided that if I'm going to join a team, that I'm going to come out publicly and just make sure people know, sorry, that you can, you can live and you don't have to hide just because you're an athlete. Incredibly powerful stuff. We're going to hear more from Isaac and extend that right out just after 7 o'clock. But uh, Humphreys is the second professional basketball player to come out as gay while playing in a top-tier league after former NBA centre Jason Collins did so in 2013. Melbourne United threw its support behind Humphreys, as you'd expect, after the announcement, including coach Dean Vickerman saying he was full of admiration of him. It was a really, really powerful piece uh, and a big step, huge step in the right direction. Yeah, it certainly was, and it's been uh, great to see not only the the Melbourne um, United club get around him, but uh, plenty of athletes and uh, just people all over the world, really, get around uh, Isaac Humphries and and support him in in coming out and and talking about his story. Mm. Um, Take us through some NBA news, because we follow Ben Simmons and his, what should we call it, really slow progress with the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) You can certainly say that. So Ben Simmons has had his best game as a Brooklyn Nets player, but it didn't stop the side from getting blown away by the Sacramento Kings. That uh, This was a, obviously a pretty big upset. The performance was arguably his best of Simmons' career with 11 points, sorry, a career with the Nets, with 11 points for the first time in 520 days since Game 4 of the 2021 playoff series against the Hawks. Uh, this is his second time he scored in double figures. He also had five rebounds, three assists and a steal in 20 minutes on the floor. Despite the positive signs from Simmons, the Nets slumped to a 6-9 record following the crushing 153-121 to loss. Mm, um, Defence was top priority for that game, clearly, when you're scoring nearly 300 points. Where's Ben Simmons at 
when this was he's a multiple all star. And now we're sitting here saying, well, this was his best game as a net. He registered eleven points. And I know traditionally he's not a big scorer. Like he can he's defensively he's really, really sound, but the rest of his numbers as well. He had five rebounds, three assists, and a steal. They're not huge numbers. Like he is hopefully he gets back to his best, but gee, it's a slow burn. And people saying, I know we've heard from other people saying give him some time, but Goodness me, how much time does he need? Yeah, it's not going that well for him. And I think even just the Nets in general, like, uh, yeah, they've even come out and said um, some people in the organisation are questioning his passion for the game, uh, and that's why he's, he's underperforming. Uh, some people are questioning some injuries and saying that they've been fake. Uh, and then, you know, then you get uh, Kevin Durant come out and make comments overnight saying, uh, look at our starting lineup, Edmund... Sumner, Royce O'Neill, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's no disrespect, but what do you uh, what are you expecting from this group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. So you've got Ben Simmons, who's obviously trying to find his form, and, and we, we always want to see the Aussies do well. Uh, but then you've got Durant basically saying, what do you expect? This is the lineup we're putting out there, and of course we're not going to win. Mm, so it doesn't it, instill his teammates with uh, the a huge amount of confidence, in, uh, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, they're in a bit of trouble. Obviously, different paths for different players, but it's a big layoff for Zion Williamson, and he seemed to pick it straight back up when he came back in. He's a monster. Yeah, he did. But, yeah. Um, all right. So, but we, we're not bagging Ben Simmons. We hope that he gets back to his best and still hope that eventually one day he suits up again for the Boomers. Uh, let's talk about some cricket. Pat Cummins will resist the temptation to take the new ball in the ODI captaincy debut against England today and instead seems set to reunite Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood at top of Australia's limited overs bowling attack, while Australia won't settle on their starting lineup for the first game of the three-match series until the toss tonight. Uh, today, rather, Cummins did confirm Stark will return to his traditional strike bowler role and most likely share the new ball with Hazelwood. Despite offering a polite no when asked if England had settled on a starting lineup, Captain Josh Butler confirmed he'd be right to go and was not in need of a rest during the three-game series. So after seven o'clock, we'll hear from Josh Butler and Pat Cummins, but. In short, Aussies out for some redemption and England hungover. Well, we can we can only hope. Mm. But that and you ma- can assume and say, well, you know, that's probably fair enough. That makes you feel a lot more comfortable, doesn't it? Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. It's a good lineup to start our bowling attack. Sure you as hell, feel, no excuses now. You feel a lot, now. a lot more comfortable, don't you? Indeed. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, though, is still hopeful of a dream Test comeback in India, despite. The star all-rounder recovering from a broken leg, but Australia coach Andrew McDonald admits it will be a touch-and-go situation. The 34-year-old fractured his left fibula in a bizarre accident during a backyard party for a friend's 50th birthday in Melbourne on Saturday. One of, it was bizarre, wasn't it? One of the world's finest white ball cricketers, Maxwell played his last test back in 2017 but was a strong chance to be included in the squad for the fourth match tour in India. Maxwell had been intending to make a return to the Marsh Sheffield Shield for the first time in three years in Victoria's clash with Tasmania at the MCG next week to reignite his lingering red ball aspirations. Mm, I'll tell you what really, really hampers your plans to come back and re-wear the baggy green. A broken leg. Having a thousand beers and mm. uh, breaking your leg at a party. Well, by reports. No, he wasn't intoxicated. Yeah, by reports he wasn't intoxicated. But um, look, there's still 
some lingering questions as to how you break a leg at a 50th birthday. We'll never anyway, know. But um, yeah, look, it doesn't do yourself any favours trying to get a, a baggy green when you've been out of the mix for so long. But look, watch this space. But let's just say if Glenn Maxwell found himself playing Test cricket again this summer, it would be quite surprising. South Australia went down to Western Australia by just two wickets in their Marsh Cup clash yesterday. The Wacker, the Redbacks, stumbled at the final hurdle with Nathan McSweeney dropping a simple outfield catch, which would have been the ninth wicket to fall for WA, still requiring 11 runs for victory. Heartbreak. It's short. He pulls in the air. There's a fielder yeah. coming underneath it. Oh, Oh, no, indeed. Early, the Redbacks struggled their way to six for 266 with skipper Henry Hunt. He's on fire, scoring his maiden one-day century. WA looked to be cruising to victory at three for 220 before a late collapse saw them lose five for 34 to reduce WA to eight for 254. It was a nail-biter. 13 runs still required from 20 balls remaining. Joel Paris and AJ Ty did enough to steer the host home and all but secure a spot in the final of the competition. Um, look, it was close for the Redbacks and... We don't have too many expectations, particularly at the moment, from a shield point of view. But um, when they put the colours on and they used the white ball, much better. Yeah, and they needed to – I know it's a different format, but they did need to respond from a, an innings plus runs defeat to WA only a few days ago. So, uh, yeah, we would have obviously liked to get the W, but uh, at least it was a lot closer this time. Indeed. Um, we'll go through a bit of a World Cup update as well. We're getting um, soccer fever ahead of the World Cup. We're right behind our boy Craig Goodman uh, and the Socceroos, of course. FIFA World Cup update brought to you by Kraken, trusted by 9 million crypto customers worldwide. Kraken.com broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. This just sums up what potentially um, has all the ingredients to be an absolute, not a disaster, but a lot of issues. You've got a whole bunch of people congregating for the biggest sporting event that we know of in a place that it seems doesn't like things like that. Is that how you're reading it? Yeah, I've been to Qatar. Yeah, and you can... You yeah, get that feeling? I can confirm. <laughs> this is unbelievable. And TV news reporter has been threatened during a live cross by two Qatari locals as fears over the safety of tourists increase. Danish reporter... Rasmus Thanholt was doing a cross from the streets of Doha for TV2 uh, Dern when he was threatened by two locals with only a roundabout and a football-themed light behind him. Tanholt was speaking Danish when he explained to two men, we're live on Danish television. One of the men came up to the lens and covered it. It was then that man off-screen threatened to break the camera. Unbelievable scenes. You invited the whole world to come here. Why can't we film? It's a public place. This is the uh, accreditation. Okay. We can film anywhere we want. Okay. There are only, of course... Only for the Qatar. Qatar, you have because the Qatar is a No, no, no. We don't need permit. But you can break the camera. You want to yeah, break the camera? Okay, no, you break the camera. You, okay. You, you, the camera so you're threatening us by, 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 by smashing the camera. <laughs> The crew later received an apology both uh, from the Qatar International Media Office and from the Qatar Supreme Committee. Goodness me, just those boys forgot that there was a World Cup happening and, uh, oh, that's right, um, we're going to let people in and do what normal people do. So we'll wait till the World Cup's finished and then we'll potentially go bash people for taking photographs. Yeah. And you'd be the man to talk about this. Have you ever had any issues like that before? You're doing a, a live cross or trying to uh, do something to camera and... Some hooligans have hijacked it or made it hard for you? Um, the only issue I had was when I tried to switch the camera at the airport that time and get Bryce Gibbs going back to Melbourne. 
and you effectively gave me the finger. No, because I'm a sports journalist. It's it's pretty relaxed, isn't it? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? We've one time had a right as we're doing across that front of Adelaide Oval, a hooligan come up and genuinely take hold of the camera, and the cameraman had to sort of almost push him away. But that's not an issue at all in the scheme of things. The big issues are for the court reporters. So they cop it. Oh, they cop it. And sometimes you've got they've got to report on bikies and all sorts of things. And there's been instances where cameramen have been hit, uh, cameras have been destroyed, and some really nasty stuff. So that's when it gets really prickly. Yep. Um, so there you go. That's the first part of the World Cup. And when the Socceroos get into it, hopefully we get better news. In saying that, what's about, um, I think Jace sent us through a little stat in terms of the French lineup and the Australian oh, lineup yeah. and the differential in money. Just unbelievable. And, and as you would expect as well, like we're talking Mbappe and some of these guys who are just on squillions and squillions of dollars. So it's not overly um, surprising that there's such a differential, but the market values. So take us through it. So- France's squad, their total value per player, and what they're as, what they're on financially as a total as a total is one point six six billion dollars. Solid. Socceroos, total value fifty nine million, <laughs> which is still a good coin. Don't worry about still, that. You're still pretty happy with that, but uh, yeah, Mbappe, Mbappe is uh, yeah worth four times the amount of the the whole Socceroos squad, sitting at two hundred forty six million. So quick maths, 1.66 billion versus 59 million. Is there a differential of just over 1.5 billion? <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of coin. Yeah, that's pretty solid. And do you know what? We, we nearly beat them in the World Cup four years ago too. They so scored, there you go. They scored a late, I think Paul Pogba scored a late goal, maybe yeah, nearly the 80th minute to put them 2-1 up. So we actually fared pretty well against that sort of those sort of figures last time we played it. So hopefully we can have a, a similar result this time. Well, you can put you can rearrange the stat to say this: there is not one player in that squad, that France squad, particularly the starters, whose individual value isn't worth less than the total value yeah, the of the ho- Socceroos. The whole of them, yeah, unbelievable. Um, all right, like a leading keeper with Kraken, your crypto is in good hands. Kraken.com, broadcast sponsors of SN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. Let's go through our footy shorts next. It's 6.52 on 16.29 SNSA. Good morning. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. There is a pig at full forward. Stevie Mobloff, what a time! Oh! Oh! He is floating on air now! Simon! All right, time now for our footy shorts. New data, details, rather, of the alleged Brownlow betting scandal have revealed just how obvious the accused perpetrator's actions appear to have been. The age reports that alleged bets came in more than 10 of the 16 games umpired by Michael Pell during the 2022 AFL season. The bets were placed specifically on who would poll three votes. The three field umpires are allowed to discuss the votes with the emergency umpire, though the latter does not have any import into the actual decision, but they are aware of it. Pearl was the emergency umpire uh, in the Collingwood-Melbourne-Queens birthday game in round 13, where Brodie Meyercheck was a surprise three-vote getter, ahead of Neil Danaher trophy winner Clayton Oliver 
and the impressive Mason Cox. Pearl was also the emergency umpire in the Sydney game in round 23, where the Saints became the first team in 16 years to lose, yet poll all six votes. Dan Hanbury, in what is like to be his final AFL match, polled the three. It was very surprising that Dan Hanbury polled those votes. He's in a lot of trouble, Michael Pell. Yeah, this is just uh, keeps getting worse and worse for Michael, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, not good at all. Um, and look, more and more details are going to come out of just how guilty Michael Pell is. Yeah. So, yep, they'll throw the book at him. They certainly will. Mm. Uh, the AFL will take no further action after a video leaked of Richmond star Dustin Martin groping a topless woman's breast during a Mad Monday celebration seven years ago. The AFL's integrity department had investigated the 2015 footage, which was leaked in the lead-up to the Tigers' elimination final showdown with Brisbane last September. The woman involved did not make a complaint about Martin's conduct. Two months after the vision emerged online, the Herald Sun has confirmed Martin, Martin avoided sanction given the absence of a complaint from the woman involved. So there you go. Uh, right now, that stands. It's done. And we move on, I suppose. Um, Hawthorne midfielder James Warple is nearing a return to full fitness after requiring a season-ending shoulder reconstruction in July. The 23-year-old will transition back into full training after Christmas, but is expected to complete most of the Hawks' pre-season program in the coming weeks. Warple has completed an off-season program under the guidance of new high-performance manager Peter Burge, who returns for a second stint at Hawthorne following a decade at Richmond after initially moving from the Hawks to Secilda. So there you go. A key player is James Warple. He certainly is. And, uh, yeah, underperformed a little bit this year, didn't he? I think he might have got dropped yeah. a couple of times this year, so he'll be looking forward to having a big year. Uh, and Richmond and AFL star Jess Hosking has received an official warning from the league after offensive language written on the athletic tape she wore during last week's semi-final. Several reported Hosking had been handed a please explain by the AFL after she wrote on tape on her taped shoulders upper arm with messages written on them. The messages were clearly visible during the game, most appearing to be supportive as one would be seen written on the cast, but one very visible, can I say this? You sure can, go for it. Said, kill bitches. Mm. In a statement that, that the AFL confirmed Hosking had apologised for her messages. I, I remember watching it going and seeing a still shot of her, going, well, geez, I'm not sure about that. Can you get in trouble for that? I think a few NRL boys, classic, over the journey have got in trouble for having visible messages written on tape. Yep. Um, you, you, you do see it from time to time, like yep. on, the, on the wrist that might have wrist. like mum or nana or have their kids written on it or something. You do. I can't remember who it was, but it was a big bulky forward, um, NRL forward who had something like, you know, something along those lines, but maybe a little bit more vulgar. Yep. Uh, and it was on the inside of his wrist, but still, tight shots came into frame quite a few times, so... Um, there's a lesson to be learned there for um, Jess Hosking. Not sure what it is. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Don't, don't write <laughs> don't offensive messages on tape and then on put yourself, it on yourself. Yeah. Pretty solid stuff. Um, so there you go. Two past seven. So uh, let's get to the news very, very shortly. And also we will get around the good folks um, at Tire Power, of course. Tire Power doing very, very good things there. Buying power puts the power in your lane. Big show coming up, Gibbsy as well. Michael Angelo Ritchie, not too far away. We're going to speak to Jacob Ryan. He's going to be live in studio. He's a good, solid draft prospect from Glenelg. Uh, we'll speak to the Phantom and we'll speak to Curtis Mead as well from the Adelaide Giants, who's destined for big things over in the major leagues. 
Dermot Brown, we're going to catch up with him as well. So really big show ahead. Stick around. Here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. The text line this morning is open. 0427154166. And of course, you can give us a call at any stage. 1300 736 736. And get yourself in the mix to score a nice little Signet Boost power bank value at fifty nine ninety five just to keep you charged the entire twenty four hours a day, Gipsy. They're very good. Mm. If you don't have one, try and win one on this yes. show. If not, uh, go mm. and purchase one because they are brilliant. Yeah, good point though. First and foremost, just send us an outstanding text or give us an outstanding call and win one free of charge. Um, let's talk about Isaac Humphreys. This was a huge moment for the NBL yesterday and a really, really brave moment. Isaac Humphreys, of course, used to play for the 36s, now plays for Melbourne United. He has come in as the first openly gay player in the NBL. He shared the news with teammates on Wednesday morning. He posted a video of the moment via his social media. Um, let's get a bit of a, a play of this and probably the extended version. So the whole video goes for around about three minutes. Uh, so we'll play this one for about a minute and a bit. Uh, look, this is going to be probably one of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life so bear with me a few years ago I fell into a very dark place a very lonely place I couldn't be who I am and I attempted to take my life the main reason behind me becoming so low and and being in that point is because I was very much struggling with my sexuality and coming to terms with the fact that I'm gay and it wasn't until I was in a community that's full of pride and happiness and joy. And it was a big wake up call for me. I decided that if I'm gonna join a team, that I'm gonna come out publicly and just, just make sure people know, sorry, that you can, you can live and you don't have to hide just because you're an athlete. It's hard to get your head around the idea that your sexuality or being yourself would put you, you would feel like that is so wrong that you get yourself in such a mental state that you start to think about doing something unbelievably drastic. So for someone like Isaac Humphreys to be in that situation, I don't think you'd be able to describe what it would be like unless you were in that situation. So firstly, to finally be in a society where he's comfortable enough to come out like this and speak openly like this is just an unbelievably beautiful thing but it also makes you sad that before this he was in such a state that he didn't think he could be openly express how it was that's what's really sad but this is a a good thing and a step in unbelievably the right direction yeah it's it's certainly very brave very powerful uh and I've just been I've been wrapped with the amount of support we've seen come in for for Isaac Humphreys not only from from the basketball world but for athletes uh, all over the world uh, and fans and and people in general just uh, getting behind him uh, and showing their support to uh, towards his story and yeah it's obviously been uh, been a big thing for him and what I think he talks about later on in uh, in that little spiel there. Um, that uh, yeah, he was destined to to do this and and come out and share his story and and help other people that may be in uh, in similar positions. So it wasn't long ago that Josh Cavallo um, came out from Adelaide United and look, that was the response was unbelievable worldwide. It's huge. So I mean, Isaac's not the first 
to come out in uh, professional basketball. Of course, it was uh, Jason Jason Collins, rather, did so in 2013 when he was playing in the NBA. But this is unbelievable, brave stuff. This is going to make such incredibly positive waves across the planet. So, so in terms of different sports as well, and obviously t- times change and people adapt, which is what should happen, and it should have happened a long time ago. But can you see something like this happening in the AFL in the near future? And do you think now with inside an AFL dressing room, it would be accepted because it should be? It, it absolutely would. Uh, I have no doubt about that. And, and once upon a time, uh, times were different. And and it would have been extremely hard to, to come out and... and and tell the, the truth about yourself. And, and there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I can talk from experience about, you know, especially AFL footy locker room, change rooms, and they can be pretty intimidating at times. And uh, what some people think is, is a bit of banter and a bit of fun and fun and games to other people, it, it's just not. So um, I do think we will get there eventually. Um, and it's only, only examples like this like Cavallo, like Humphreys, that uh, people continue to be brave and, and come out and, and be comfortable with with where they're at as, as people and uh, share their stories and experiences. That'll only encourage others to, to follow suit and uh, these these people are, are paving the way for, for others in the future. So um, I have no doubt uh, that if we, we get to a stage like this in, in the AFL that like we've seen with Humphreys in the last 24 hours, people absolutely throwing their support behind them um, and you know getting around them. And because what 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 he's done is is extremely brave and extremely powerful. I just can't imagine how hard it would be because the only way that you can sort of put yourself in a situation like that is to think well, the way that you feel and the way that you know what you feel and you know who you are, society. And this is hopefully a long time ago saying, well, that's not right. Like that's, that's the only way that you can sort of understand exactly how maybe Isaac Humphreys felt back in the day, which is just because otherwise it's, it's easy to say, you know, oh, that's good. He's, he's doing the right thing, etc. But unless you're in a situation and you're not in the situation, you can't understand. So you have to sort of reprogram to say, well, what if it was like this? And this was how it felt. And to imagine that it's, it's been so unbelievably hard. Like questioning yourself as well? Yeah, for sure. And, and being, uh, I mean, in an elite professional environment as well, there's obviously, uh, that, that takes up a lot of your mental capacity and, and mindset to, to go out and, and do that as well. And not only in sport, I mean, in, in business life and, and everyday life, I suppose. Like, life's tough and there's a lot going on. Um, and then, you know, to, to hear him talk about his struggles with, accepting who he was and um, understanding what he was about and, and, and his makeup. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's as you said, I, I can't comprehend absolutely not what he was going through because uh, I've obviously never been in that situation. But um, I, I'm so thankful that he, he came out and, and did what he did and he's, uh, he's an extremely strong man. Mm. Um in here a couple of times as well. We had the luxury of having Isaac Humphreys in here for a couple of chats over the last sort of couple of years when he was with the 36 and just a really lovely guy away from basketball and off the mic as well. Just a really, really nice, generous guy. And goodness me, uh, jump on social media and follow him and you'll see, man, the bloke can sing. Got some uh, 
good vocal cords on him. So as he would describe as well. I haven't seen that. He might be a musician first uh, and then a basketball second. Like he, he's not someone who sort of thrashes around on the piano and has a bit of a, a sing-along. Like he's a proper musician and he's got amazing voice. Yeah, right. Like I, ridiculous I didn't know that, stuff. But um, he obviously played here at the, the 36s as well and, and was a very good player for... For us? Yeah, had a stint in the NBA as well. Yeah. And the big thing that we were talking about him was he's got a friendship with Jennifer Lopez. Say no True more. story. Say no, yeah, say say no, say more. no more. <laughs> That's a pretty solid contact to have. Um, all right, so there you go. It was such powerful stuff and um, just a big, big moment for the NBL and for Isaac Humphreys yesterday. So if you want to see it, jump onto his Twitter. He's posted the video there. It goes for about three minutes and you'll be absolutely gripped and engaged for the entire thing. And it's just going to make you think and see things a little bit differently after you watch this particular video. It is beautiful stuff. Um, let's talk about some crickets. That is happening tonight. Didn't that roll around quickly? The ODI series against England because the T20 World Cup finished literally just a few days ago. Uh, and England won that, of course. So Josh Butler was a skipper. He had a sensational tournament. Um, look, and he admitted that, look, maybe the boys just celebrated pretty solidly as they're allowed to. And, Maybe they won't be at their best. Days like that don't come along often in, in your careers, and uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge. There's no point saying, um, you know, trying to say all the right things that we'll, we'll be at our best. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, look, rightfully, they had every right to, um, you've, you've got to celebrate. I mean, I'm down the road of you've got to celebrate all your little wins, but if it's a World Cup win, then sure. English boys will be a little bit dusty tonight, and we're all for that because we're going to go in full strength. Oh, mate. Uh, well, winning a World Cup, uh, if, if I somehow win a Sandville Premiership this year, I'll be telling Lauren I won't be home for four weeks. <laughs> if you won the flag <laughs> on the Sunday, and then you've got to back it up and play a game on Thursday. Uh, I'd, I'd be pretty sore. My, my hamstring might be a bit tight <laughs> on that particular Thursday. It's a lot of cricket, though, the boys are playing. Um, and Pat Cummins spoke about Australia's hectic schedule. You know, there's a dozen ODIs, I think, leading into next year's World Cup. And, um, yeah, we'll see how that all goes and kind of make a decision after that. You know, we make the World Test Championship final. That's 15 test matches in the next six or seven months, throwing a one-day World Cup. Um, yeah, I think I counted about 100 days of cricket for Australia in the next 12 months. Yeah, look, we'll pick up this conversation in 12 months' time, and I just wonder... If there's a bit of an oversaturation of Australian cricket, because what happened a few years ago, let's be honest, we said, oh, this Big Bash thing is really cool. I said, right, oh, well, let's give you a heap more. And then after last season, I went, I think it was too much. Let's give you a World Cup. Mm. Um, I want to ask you, crowd tonight, what are you expecting? Obviously, being, we spoke about the 2020 World Cups here, uh, the crowds were pretty underwhelming. Do they get more at this? At this sort of, like the, the ODI? See, uh, probably not because this is, it's a Thursday. The game starts mid-afternoon. I think it starts at one fifty. All right. So it could so be worse. do you roll in after work? I mean, it's not, it's, it's going to be fun. It's for a spectacle, but it's not exactly the bright lights and the, the fanfare and the entertainment of a T20. I, I think the crowd's probably going to be less. Yeah, right. Do you feel that? Oh, well, I thought. It's a good day for it, though. It's perfect conditions. They're not going to turn up for the T20s. They might turn up for the, the ODIs, but number one, Andrew Hayes, says uh, they won't. Well, uh, Jace, our producer extraordinaire, who's rarely been wrong, he's predicting 8,000. That would be a disaster. 
<laughs> get more at uh, Panther Park on a Saturday afternoon you watching uh, the Panthers run around. You do. You fill up Panther Park. Everyone's in their cars. About 8,000. Honking all the horns. the horns going after <laughs> yeah. a goal. There's actually 800, but with all the horns going off, it sounds like <laughs> yeah, 8, It's 000. good atmosphere. <laughs> and you're like, listen to the noise. You look around, you can't see a single person <laughs> on their cars. All right, 16 minutes past 7 o'clock. We're going to speak to Michelangelo Rucci next. Uh, we're also going to do it thanks to Tire Power, where family safety rates number one, 24 degrees is the expected top across Adelaide today. Uh, it's going to be mostly sunny. Perfect conditions for the cricket. And if you are heading along, get in touch. 0427 154 166. And Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Howdy, people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch. Yes, is there anyone else better in the business? I don't think so. Michelangelo Rucci been doing this for decades and been right at the top. Michelangelo Rucci and Kim Dillon drive you home from 3 o'clock each and every day. Rooch joins us every morning. Good morning, Rooch. Good morning, Andrew. Uh, One day international at Adelaide Oval this evening. Does the world of cricket still get excited about one-day internationals. Oh, jeez, Richard, it's, it's what we were talking about before, and we just sort of wonder what the crowd's going to be like. Obviously, it doesn't have the the bright sparks and the bright lights of T20 cricket. What's your prediction crowd-wise? It's also it's a Thursday. It starts mid-afternoon. What are well, we thinking? Why, we, were asking, we were asking that on the show last night. Why is it a Thursday start to this? It's really, if you're going to start the series, you start on a Friday evening if you're going to do it during the work calendar. Bizarre that it's a Thursday. Mid-afternoon's an interesting time slot too, Roach. Not even waiting till people get uh, finished work. Yep. Mm. Yep. Well, strange stuff. But uh, yeah, it will be. I was was reading where the ticket sales have been slow and even the English team was saying it was struggling to, to get itself up for it after the before of a T20 World Cup, so we'll learn something tonight about just where we where we have our uh, we have our interest in in cricket, which form of it. I mean, we've we've lived through the era where one day cricket was supposedly threatening Test cricket. Now it doesn't really have any threat at all, does it? Do you fear, Roach, that the oversaturation of white ball cricket? Um, sort of puts it in the same category as the Big Bash. I mean, we, we got a taste of the Big Bash a few years ago and we said, we love this. And they said, righto, well, here's almost double the amount of matches that you usually get. And everyone said, well, now I'm a little bit sick of it. Do you fear that Australia playing in colours could do the same thing? Well, it's having that sort of uh, trend, isn't it? So uh, we, we're in for an interesting night when we just look at what Adelaide Oval looks like this evening. How many do turn up in it? It's going to be a challenge when you think about Thursday nights, not you know, school holiday factor, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we talk about Thursday night for AFL footy, but that's a two, two-and-a-half-hour event, like Bryce has noted, starts at the right time rather than the mid-afternoon. So yeah, it'll be a fascinating, fascinating moment all round for us. Hey, Rich, no doubt you would have spoke about it with Kimbo, but it's the first time we've had an opportunity to speak about it, but just how big of a moment it was for Isaac Humphreys yesterday and how brave it was. It was it was really quite special. Well, we live in different times because uh, no one should fear saying anything about where, where they're at. And, and what you also learn is we've got some 
pretty good sporting clubs that are really strong and supportive of their people when they they want to go down that phase. You know, so um, I think we're reaching the point whereby people are just accepting that we're all different. We all live different lives, and we should just accept you know we are that way. So you know, it's moved a long way from where Ian Roberts was. Remember through that NRL moment yeah. where that was so difficult for him um, and others over over you know, the past 20 years, not to mention you know, the Ian Thorpe sort of moment. Um, now, I, I, I would almost think it's at the point whereby the, the, no one really bats an eyelid anymore, do they? So, Roots, do you reckon... I think we, we, all, I think we all understand. People people have different ways of living their life. It's. I think we, we're going to judge... Isaac Humphreys about the way he plays his sport rather than the way he lives his life. Which is, which is the way it should be. Yeah. Then you're spot on there, Roach. And do you reckon the AFL are ready for something like this? If it was to come out? Oh, wow. I I, I couldn't see where it's, it's going to be any different if, it, if an AFL player decided that way. I mean, if you have a look at the way in which the English football team um, made their statement on the way to Qatar where they took their team photo in front of a pride flag, they flew on a plane which was uh, decked out in pride colours to make a statement about this on the way to Qatar, which is going to be an interesting point with the World Cup there because of the issue of human rights there. I think we're seeing sporting people are actually saying, we love diversity and we're going to accept it. So I wouldn't have thought the AFL is a, a landscape where it's going to be any different. No, surely not. Surely not, Roach. Maybe the AFLW, maybe the AFLW has helped, helped that more than anything else. Where oh, Have a look at how the AFLW players have behaved. They haven't had to make a statement. Everyone's just accepting of... Yep. Just how people do live different lives. Yep, step in the right direction, that's for sure. And it was unbelievable. Hey, before bro. I go, before I go, you've got to do a bit of homework for me, Andrew. Yes, of course, I love homework. You're a big NBA man. Yep. Now we all know the issues of Port Adelaide and the prison bar jumper. And look, I'm not wanting to start a storm here on that because every time you just say that, it just creates a storm. But check out the Milwaukee Bucks who had a passionate fan base that loved their cream jersey, what they called their city home jersey. Find out why they're not allowed to wear it anymore. Uh, I can confirm that uh, Collingwood won't let them, Roach. Oh, well, Isn't it fascinating that that you can have a sporting team that can't wear its preferred colour because it interferes with the way in which digital advertising is put on the TV screen because that cream colour just knocks off digital advertising. Ah, there We've you go. We've reached that point. Well, that, when there's so money you, involved, so that makes sense. That's it. That's just it. Big time money, you're talking. So because, there you are. So if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, you've got a cream jersey, hang on to it because you'll never get them again. <laughs> That's true. It's a collector's item. Oh, good stuff. Very interesting, Roach. Are you just trying to um you're just provoking Port Adelaide supporters, are you just they they were just for five minutes they put the uh jersey debate to bed. You're just sort of rehashing it mid November. <laughs> well, 
ridiculous that that one's got to the point of whereby we have to discuss it. It's just bizarre. Yeah, it'll be ongoing bizarre until that we it's have a controlling body that doesn't a controlling body that doesn't control that agenda. Yep. It will be an ongoing debate until it is eventually changed. Roach, appreciate your time this morning. Happy Thursday and uh, have fun with Kimbo this afternoon from three. Well, we won't be there because of the one-day international. Oh. We'll have coverage direct on SEM this evening. So. Oh, there you go. Day off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Very nice. Well, enjoy the rest of Enjoy your long weekend. Thank you. Michelangelo Rucci back tomorrow, we can safely assume. Uh, from 3 o'clock, uh, coming up next, we're going to speak to Jacob Ryan, who is an outstanding young man, plays for the Glenelg Football Club. We're waiting for the draft, uh, and not too long before, we're expecting this young man to get his name uh, called out. And you know this process all too well, Gibbsy. And what a treat. He's, uh, he's actually came down, come down, he's live in the studio yep. today. He's sitting across there us is. with... Uh, Just prepping. He's got his notes out. And he's the mullet's been brushed too. <laughs> we, we might have yes. to get a photo up on social media, but... Uh, You're looking it's, very it's, nice. It's flowing. Very good, Jack and Ryan, not too far away. Of course, we're going to speak to Curtis Mead as well. Uh, big show still to come. We're also going to chat with Dermot Brown and catch up with him just after 8 o'clock. Uh, doing a thanks to Tire Power as well, a family safety rates number one. And a big shout-out as well to Mourn Team. We love their continued support. Mourn Team, Ford, Mount Barker. That's where you go for the V6 Ranger. It is 7.30. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Yeah, text line's busy this morning. 0427 154 Can give us a call at any stage as well. one 736 736 Jacob Ryan's coming up next. We're going to speak to him about specifically also at some stage about his haircut because, I mean, you couldn't have chalk and cheese more. I don't know who's chalk, I don't know who's cheese in terms of you've got one haircut, which is the most gorgeous mile I've ever seen in my life. And then you've got Captain um, Sharpsides here, <laughs> Bryce Gibbs, who is, is this the opposite of a mullet that you're sporting? Well, yeah, it's it's called a skin fade, Hazy. I don't know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you're up with the, the <laughs> local uh, when you got haircuts hair, at the barber these days. Hair as thin as mine. You just do the old, just tie it up, thanks. You're just hanging onto it, every thread you can. Fill it up full of powder, make it look a bit thicker. <laughs> bit of, is there a rinse through that too? There's no rinse <laughs> through it, not like yet. like there's a rinse. I promise I'm not at that stage yet, but uh, we're not too far away <laughs> from a rinse. A few greys coming out the side. There is a little bit. Jacob Ryan coming up next. Uh, we're also going to speak to Curtis Mead before 8 o'clock, and then we'll catch up with Dermot Brown just after 8 o'clock. So keep it locked. Those texts are coming in thick and fast, 0427-154-166. It's news time. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than Powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. It is 20 minutes to 8 o'clock and gorgeous weather across Adelaide today. Top of 24 degrees. It's going to be mostly sunny. So if you are heading to the cricket, we're just wondering if anyone's going at all. Text us, 0427-154-166, just, conf- just to confirm that this thing will actually happen. We're a little bit scared of the numbers. We can bank on one bloke, Michelangelo Rucci will be there, because he's got the afternoon off of his drive <laughs> home going. spot with, uh, with Kimbo, so uh, he might be the only one there. Mm. Uh, Rucci isn't going, I'll give you the hot tip, and he doesn't think anyone else is going either. Uh, AFL draft, less than two weeks ago, uh, two weeks to go rather, and we're going to see a lot of gun South Australians hear the names called and realise their AFL dreams coming true. 
Hopefully, we expect one of them to be Jacob Ryan. He joins us in studio. Glenelg Utility. Good size about him too, isn't it? Gives you 190 centimetres. I reckon he still might be growing too. Lean, yeah. just muscle on muscle. He is ready to go. Hey, Jacob, good morning, mate. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in here as well. Um, look, this is exciting, mate. We're just counting down the days now until the AFL yeah. draft. How are you feeling the days and how much longer are the days getting as you're waiting for this big announcement? Yeah, definitely getting longer. Um, now that school's done, pretty much nothing to do, but... Um, yeah, obviously it's um, a bit of uncertainty to it and all that, but yeah, just trying to keep my mind off it, which has definitely been helping me. So, uh, Mate, you would have spoken to a ton of recruiters and you guys are so good in this space. Yeah. Just give us a bit of an insight. Descri- describe yourself as a player. Um, yeah, for me, um, I feel like I'm pretty athletic, um, just that intercept defender. Um, yeah, I feel like I've shown it throughout this year. Um, gone on the wing, uh, a little bit in the midfield. Um, yeah, for me, even last year, played a bit of forward and on the wing. Um, unfortunately, lost the grand final last year. But, yeah, good revenge this year to win the Glenelg grand final. So, um, yeah, I had a great year this year. And, yeah, obviously flight state and stuff as well. Um, yeah, did all right. So, yeah, been stoked to be able to um, have all these opportunities. So, it's been good. Absolutely. So, tell us about your year at Glenelg. Um, where yeah. the, the, You obviously said uh, you played multiple positions, but yeah. uh, where do you think you played your best footy this year? Yeah. And uh, where'd, that, where'd Bangers play uh, in uh, in the state side as well? Um, yeah, so half-back. Um, mainly been there this whole year. So, yeah, obviously with Bangers, put me high half-back as well. So, just that role, um, it was really good. Um, really enjoyed it. For me, I never really played state when I was young. Um, my first year was last year for state footy when there was under 17s because of COVID there was no real 18s and stuff and um, yeah for this year just be able to um, yeah get a little bit better play against the best and yeah playing against the two um, Victoria teams they've been um, really good this year and yeah I thought it definitely made me better Um, for for Glenelg um, won the flag which is pretty good so uh, that's one thing that was probably my goal at the start of the year um, just to win at least one flag. So, um, yeah, I had a great year um, for Glenelg. It's been a little bit interrupted, I guess, with, with, like you said, the state and the school. But, um, yeah, it's been a great year and, yeah, been truly grateful. So, so you still played some games for Sacred Heart? Uh, yeah, played about maybe six or so. But, yeah, state gets in the way and a bit of Glenelg too. So. Sacred Heart v your old mob, Brighton. Yes. Brighton High. Yes. Public versus private rivalry we had uh, down on Brighton Road there. You fisty cuffs down at Brighton Station. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day. No, not for Jacob. Nah. Too professional. Nah, he is. Got his eyes on the prize. He does. Hey, mates, uh, in terms of some of the AFL players that you follow, who do you like in your game to and who are some of your favourite players? Um, yeah, for me, I guess Bangers said a bit of all day. So I guess there's that similarity with like school footy, like Sacred Art and being an SA halfback and all that. But um, yeah, for me, my favourite player is James Sicily. So uh, lucky enough to actually see him at the combine, which is pretty cool. Got a photo <laughs> with him and everything. So um, yeah, been a Hawthorne supporter for a while. So um, yeah, Sicily is one person I've really followed. Bit of an agitator as well, is James yeah. Sicily. Like, get on the lip. Yeah, that's one thing. For me, I probably don't do it as much, but it's definitely a bit unique, so I love it. That's all right. Let your footy do the talking. Um, mate, who'd you go for? Who's your, who's your team? Um, well, um, I guess I said before Hawthorne, but I actually went for Bulldogs at the start because um, Barry Hall, I was a big fan because he looked like my dad a bit. Um, <laughs> no hair on top and just straightforward. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then kind of had a bet with dad and... Yeah, I think Bulldogs played Hawthorne and Hawthorne got on top. So, um, yeah, pretty lucky in the end to win a couple of flags as well. So it's been good. Very so nice. going on from uh, from Dad, uh, has he been one of the biggest influences in your life so far? Yeah, yeah, I definitely say my dad. Um, obviously played footy as well uh, for Tat. So in Vic, um, 
yeah, family's been from Victoria, moved down actually to SA on a vacation and actually stayed here. So um, I don't know what it was about SA that they enjoyed, but um, yeah, obviously you got to be one of best influences, I guess, because he's watching me, I guess, more than other people are. But yeah, definitely have to say my dad. Does so. he uh, criticise your game or does he... Bit of constructive um, feedback. Bit of constructive feedback <laughs> like uh, most fathers do. Oh, I definitely like, if you play a bad game, he'll tell you, but um, <laughs> yeah, he tries to stay away from it a bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, mate, what we're going to do is we're going to get a photo on social media. We just had a little photo before of us three. Yeah. Uh, and I'd encourage people to have a look at uh, what's going on there because there's something that hits a little bit different about a blonde mullet. I mean, there's your stock standard mullets and there's a lot of mullets getting around for the youngsters these days, but it's this beautiful blonde mullet. It's just <laughs> right from the top shelf. I mean, this is something that's quite special. How long has this been in the making for? Um, yeah, for about a year and a half now, I'd say. <laughs> so I haven't cut the back at all. Um, just more the top and the sides. So... Um, yeah, dad just does it for me. Um, yeah, he gets a bowl, puts it on my head, just cuts it. <laughs> he quite seriously yeah, puts a bowl on there. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, it's good. So it's been perfect. Don't have to spend 30 or 40 bucks over it is now for a barber. So it's perfect. Yeah, nice. Very good. You can just see it, can't you? Running down the wing. Oh, it's just flowing. <laughs> yeah. Flowing. It's flowing long enough that it'll get back. a good flow out yeah. the yeah. back as well. Get some good photos too. So. Hey, mate, you were telling us as well, um, off air next couple of days, heading over to Melbourne. Take us through that. Um, yeah, so for Connor Sports, because um, uh, lucky enough to sign with them. Um, yeah, just going over there um, tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, about midday, um, have a dinner and stuff with all the other players. And, yeah, have a training session on the Saturday, a bit of running too. But, um, yeah, it's in front of, like, the recruiters and stuff, which I'm, um, yeah, lucky enough to be a part of. So. so this is something that Connor Sports set up. So all you guys in Connor Sports stable... Yeah. You put on a bit of a show and the recruiters can come out and have a look. Yeah, yeah, basically. So, yeah, it's cool. pretty good just to have that. But, um, yeah, pretty excited for it. So, so Jacob, uh, you obviously dream to, to play AFL. You've yeah. probably been a boy who dreamed for a while now. Yeah. With, uh, with the Jason Horn Francis situation last year and, and moving into state, yeah. we've seen him return to, to South Australia only 12 months later. Yeah. Uh, where does it sit with you if you were to get picked up by an interstate side? Does that sit well with you? Are you prepared to move? How do, uh, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, if I'm pretty well prepared to move, um, I guess with like state, they give you that experience of going into state, which I really enjoyed. But um, yeah, I guess I don't mind that independence and stuff. And yeah, I probably don't need my mum to cook me another meal. So um, yeah, it's probably best. I think my parents want me out of the house. I don't eat all their food and stuff. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely excited to move into state if I'm lucky to. So. Can you cook? No, unfortunately, <laughs> no. maybe a bit of toast, that's... but that's about it. So. Oh man, I remember when I left and it's like, it just sort of hits you in terms of cooking, uh, washing, Cleaning, and all sorts of yeah. things. Your bank Cleaning. should grow up really, really quick. Yeah. yeah. I moved but, in with a host family, so I'd, I only had to do it about halfway. Yeah. So still so got a little bit done for me. You'd, you're probably moving in with a host family. That's what they do now anyway, isn't it? I think Not get, too many I, kids. I think you get the option these days. So if yeah. you, you know, say you've been at boarding school or you used to be living out of home, you can move in pretty much with other players, yep. usually in your, in that draft year or... Uh, if you're not quite ready to step out into the big wide world by yourself, yep. you can uh, shack up with a host family. Beautiful. Mate, before we let you go, we'll give you the opportunity to pump up some of your teammates, particularly at state level. Um, we're expecting a few Crow Eaters to go. Who should we be keeping an eye on? Um, I think you guys already had him, but Bill Dowling. Um, yep. I was real close with him. He's um, a good kid. Oh, definitely. Great yeah. bloke too. So, uh, yeah, him. Um, Archie Lovelock, because I've been pretty close with him. Um, obviously, there's like the Mateus and stuff. Like, can't go past yep. him. Obviously, had a great year, but um, yeah, Phoenix Foster, um, yeah, another player that 
yeah, I've been really close to and definitely one to keep your eye on. So Phoenix Foster, is there a better name than Phoenix Fox? Doesn't that just roll off the tongue beautifully? It's brilliant, isn't it? It's, he sounds like a movie star. Yeah. It's bloody good. It sounds like Wesley Burger, doesn't it? <laughs> Wesley Burger, Phoenix Foster, beautiful. Mate, good luck. We're looking forward to hearing your name called out. We're looking forward to uh, following your AFL journey, which will start hopefully in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. There we go. Jacob Ryan joining us this morning. Uh, so the draft's not too far away. And look, there's some good talent getting around. Jacob mentioned before Billy Dowling, we spoke to him. He's a good kid. So we did a, um, a story with him on Channel 7. And then I reckon I've spoken to him for about half an hour afterwards. I'm like, I just want to go, be with this kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit strange if I'm uh, a 35 year old man, 37 actually, and having a beer with an 18 year old is probably not a good look. <laughs> they're actually <laughs> anyway. very good uh, these days. The, the kids, they're well prepared, they're confident in speaking to the media. Yeah. Uh, and they do a very good job. I remember when I was going through it you know, 20 years ago now, I'd, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't string three words together. I mean, you know, I still probably can't. String well, I speak so together. well. They do. They I don't do. know if it's social media or something else, but yeah, yeah just built a it's bit impressive. different these days. It's kids. impressive this generation. We're just having this big conversation about Jacob while he's still here yeah, in front of us watching. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for his development. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to an ad. Let's do it. Thanks as well. Uh, to Ty Power, family safety rates number one, and of course, uh, Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. This Christmas, it's nine minutes to eight. Good morning. Vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Hey, good morning to your text line. Buzzing this morning, 0427 uh, Time now to speak to, I mean, you'd almost call him a trailblazer. Curtis Mead has just made South Australian baseball history. 22-year-old baseball player is just named to the Tampa Bay's 40-man MLB roster. This is absolutely unbelievable. And we're lucky, Gibbsy, because he joins us right now. Good morning to you, Curtis. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, mate, thanks for speaking to us. This is this is a huge thing for not just yourself, but uh, baseball um, in South Australia. Take us through it. Uh, yeah, so I found out probably two days ago, there's kind of like a deadline um, in the off-season where the, the teams have to set their up upcoming 40-man roster for the, the season, and I was uh, lucky enough to get on. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, mate, uh, the exact moment when you found out, was this expected? Um, was it just confirmation, or were you somewhat surprised? Uh, I wouldn't say expected. You know, I kind of had had a few decent seasons, so it was definitely on the radar. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely awesome to hear it for the um, – to kind of lock it all in. So, yeah, I was uh, I was pumped up. It's great, mate. So what, what happens from here? You, you head over to the States and you go through a bit of a, a pre-season. And, uh, yeah, what's the, what are the next steps once you get over there? Yeah, so they have a big league spring training um, in in February. So that will go for about six weeks, you know, two weeks of, of just training and then four weeks of games where you play all the other teams in the area in the, in Florida. Um, and then at the end of March, they make a decision on the 40-man. They crunch it to the 26, which is the everyday active roster. Right, okay. So still a few more steps to go. And hopefully, obviously, the goal is to play in the majors. Um, but look, right now, um, what, what are the key things that you're working on to try and take that next step? Yeah, so I, I got injured at the end of last season. So first and foremost, just kind of uh, getting myself healthy again and then definitely making some some strides defensively, just trying to become the best defensive player I can to complement my offense. There you go, mate. So just in terms of the Giants as well, obviously 
uh, heavily supporting the Giants as well. Um, baseball in South Australia, take us through it in, in your eyes. Is it developing in the right direction? How's it going? Yeah, everything's going really well. I, uh, I popped down to my local club um, last Friday. And, you know, we've got, we've got multiple women's teams. We've got the juniors are, are rocking. There was plenty of junior teams out there. And I think, I think the coaches in the, in the area are doing a really good job. And it's really, really cool to see. So the season's just about to kick off, if it hasn't already. Um, so tell us about the roster at the moment for the Giants. Uh, can we go deep into this campaign, do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I really think so. You know, we have some really talented guys from the Phillies who came in uh, to complement the local players as well as some independent ball guys. Um, you know, they went to Perth last weekend for the first road trip, which is always tough with the with the time change and, and that sort of thing. So uh, one, one, one of three. So one and three right now, heading to Geelong on the road. You know, if they can win two this week, they come back home kind of around the mark. So I definitely think, I, I definitely think there's a chance to go deep this year. Mate, huge announcement, huge news. Um, we love that this is happening to you, and we're going to follow your progress really nicely. And, of course, we're going to follow the Giants as well. So I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, best of luck with it all, and hopefully we can check in again really soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Curtis Mead, what an absolute star in the making he is. It's a big, big moment. And I, I, I think as well the situation and the geographical location, Tampa Bay, good spot. Yeah, and... To come from little old Adelaide to be yeah. uh, swanning around uh, Florida would be uh, an absolute dream come true. But, uh, yeah, obviously still some cuts to be made before he's actually made it in the majors. But uh, we wish him all the best and we'll be following him closely. Yep, Paul Mildred was the last South Aussie to make a 40-man roster in 2007 with the Florida Marlins. Luke Prokopek was the last South Australian to appear in an MLB game. That was all the way back in 2007 as well. So... Long overdue for a South Aussie to crack it back into the majors. Absolutely. Have you been to watch the Giants at all in the last couple of years? I uh, haven't been last season. I went the season before. Yeah, I'm keen really to cool. head along. It looks, looks really good. I used to play a bit of baseball growing up. But, of course uh, you did. Yeah. Used to uh, shortstop, bit of a relief pitcher sort of setup. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Brumby's Movember. We've been doing this thing every Thursday where we chat to someone. Uh, this Movember, head to Brumby's, break bread with a mate and have a conversation. Brumby's... Bakery proudly supporting Movember. Uh, we're going to speak to someone who is unbelievably prominent um, in not just football circles, but also a mental health space, and that is Dermot Brereton. We're going to do it next, straight after the news. It's bang on 8 o'clock, and we are powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. There, Gibsy, what do uh, you reckon? Hang on, sorry, I was reading something. Was, oh, okay. What am I tipping? Oh, it's okay, mate. World uh, Cup. For the World Cup. Oh, at Australia. They'll go deep, won't they? <laughs> You're going to tip. Okay, look, we're all for uh, patriotism and all those <laughs> things, but come on, mate, read the competition. Uh, uh, don't be foolish and tip Australia. And hopefully they do well. Well, at least they're in there. I mean, you could tip Italy, but uh, they haven't made it for the second consecutive time Ooh. to this World Cup. But, uh, I mean, if France have got a pretty good squad. Mm. Brazil are always around the mark. Germany are always up there. Yep. England, how will England go? They'll, they'll think they're bringing it home again as they do most World Cups. Yes. It's coming home. Yeah, it's coming home. It's always every four years. Here we go, here we go, let down. Yep. So, <laughs> no, it'll, uh, it'll be a good, looking forward to it. Hey, we love doing this, Gibbsy. We've been doing it every Thursday. Brumby's Movember. We've been celebrating Movember. Uh, so this Movember, head to Brumby's, break bread with the mates and have a conversation. Brumby's Bakery proudly supporting Movember. So in particular, we're focusing on mental health. Uh, time now to speak to someone who is just so prominent, prominent in so many different areas. Obviously, uh, an AFL Hall of Famer, but also 
uh, someone who is um, very prominent in the mental health space, and that is Dermot Brereton. Uh, Dermot, good morning to you, mate. Good morning. Mate, can you, first of all, take us through why mental health is a topic that is close to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it's something that's growing in society in both ways, insofar as recognition of it, acceptability that it is something that, uh, you know, is absolutely and completely prevalent within us. Uh, And it's also... um, much more accepted in society these days that there's different and varied ways to treat it and more humane ways. I mean, when I'm a bit older than you guys, but when I was growing up, uh, a kid of the 1970s, if somebody showed signs of mental health, they were categorised into two baskets, you know. They, were, uh, they haven't got the, the, you know, the toughness to work through and or um, they're just, you know, as, as ugly as it sounds, they're a screw loose. So they were just categorised into a basket. These days we found that um, there are so many people who are capable of being productive in our society and they they have suffered mental health and, and we can work around it, we can work with them and we can work to, to get the best resolution. And then you've got the on, on, the, on the top of that, um, my... Uh, um, view stance where I uh, I view the whole scope from is my family's been touched with it a fair bit and I almost feel a little guilty I, I think I'm the only the only bloke in my family uh, only boy in my family uh, who hasn't been touched with it so trying to understand it trying to learn about it and, and self-educating is, is a great way to go about it so with your experiences there uh, Derm um has that changed the way you've looked after your own well-being uh, going forward? Um, to a degree, Rice. It's it's something that you, you're cognizant of the whole time. That um, whereas you know, in the past, you could say, right, I've got to get this done. I must get this 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 task completed. And it might be something that takes eighteen hours. You know, three days in a row. And you come out of it mentally drained. That you, you you actually have to schedule a little bit better and, and various things. So uh, to try and not get myself run down, because just as the body gets run down physically through training, you, you can emotionally wear yourself down. Um, that's about as close as I come to it, which is small and loose change compared to what some the, the, the struggles, the trials and tribulations that some people go through. Every day. The first time I ever really saw it was uh, one of our, our boys at Hawthorne, Nathan Thompson. Um, he could come off the ground and uh, kick five goals and been best on ground, and suddenly you'd see him head down with tears in his eyes, and it was just heartbreaking to see that. And that was one of the other um, sides to it, where you see the human face of it in something other than yourself. I remember Nathan Thompson was a, was a bit of a, I mean, he was a pioneer for that space, even back then. Um, so do you look back now in hindsight, Dermy, and think, oh, geez, I, I just wish we knew more about the situation and how to handle it? Oh, absolutely. It, I can remember picking teams as a, you know, it's a shame to actually say this, but being captain of, say, Hawthorne under-19s and the coach calling me and say, what do you think of this bloke? I think he's a bit flimsy. And I would say, 
um, uh, some words along the lines of, yeah, we can't pick him. He's just emotionally weak. And and that was the way we looked at it in those days. And yet <clears throat> the guy I'm describing in my mind's eye was, for this day and age, is was classic example, exhibition A1 of somebody who would have had some kind of mental condition. Um, now, how good was that guy going to be? We'll, we'll, we'll never find out because we didn't give him a chance because we thought, oh, he's not able to emotionally stay with us you know so we can't trust him you know so we um back in my day 70s and 80s we we actually we don't know how many people's career we cut short or didn't allow the career to blossom so jeremy you you run a host a a pretty powerful uh, podcast called conversations that could uh can you just tell us uh, the purpose of that podcast and uh who you might have had on recently Oh, look, we we have had... Well, okay, the purpose of that is to... to first of all, if you, if you have no real notion of what this space is all about, at some stage in the next year, couple of years, you're going to run into people, whether it be the workplace, family, or, or in general life, you're going to run into somebody who suffers some of these aspects of, you know, mental trauma... Uh, and 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 mental hardship, and they're going to they're going to need some help somewhere along the line. So it's educating the people, educating the masses, and all these people have a that we interview have an incredible story to tell. Some of their hardships, some of their fights against hardships, some of the techniques they use to get by and around um, some of those hardships. The uh, the last person we spoke to in the series, uh, <laughs> my budgie is going berserk as I walk past him. Um, the, the last person we spoke to in, in that series uh, was somebody who's not really suffered too much mental hardship apart from the fact of, you know, they're just always being under pressure, is Neil Baum. So he was brilliant to speak to, um, some of the the processes that he's applied to his own life and the likes and very interesting. And then you go to the other end of the scale. Um, you guys are all aware of SEN track, you know, tags on it. Yep. He, um, he, his story is vastly different. A, a young man at the top of his profession, a rising star and gets thrown from a horse and breaks literally every bone in his body, told he can never do his craft again. How does he get by from that? Well, he got by by drinking and it dissolved his marriage and, and his wife left him and and so much happened and it happened twice in life. So he got kicked in the butt twice in this way. And, and in that interview with Tags, uh, he was talking about his you know, his failed marriage and he was saying what he was doing and that and he said, oh yeah, and, and blah, blah, blah and, and my wife left me and I asked him, I said, do you do you blame her? And he just he, he just broke down and I don't think anybody's ever asked him that before but it was a really powerful moment for him and it just showed a real human element side to him that some people know that is there in their own lives, but 
are just too scared to, to, I suppose, let it out and let it be seen. So that was a, a two vastly different interviews from the one series. So thoroughly rewarding the series has been for me, thoroughly educational, and, and gee, at times just thoroughly entertaining and, and just wonderful to, to listen to some of these people tell their stories. Unbelievably good podcast it is. Conversations that could. Do yourself a favour uh, and listen and it'll just help you probably understand yourself and open up. Um, Dermy, we appreciate your time so much this morning, mate. This is such an important space and, and who better than to talk about it than your good self. So I uh, appreciate it and hopefully we can check in again with really soon. Uh, my pleasure. Lovely to speak to you, chaps. See you soon. Dermot Broughton, the Hall of Famer, joining us this morning. Uh, Brumby's Bakery, proudly supporting Movember and Men's Health. And sometimes for a lot of men, it's just... It's just speaking and speaking about some things that you didn't think was uh, a touchy subject. And like you said with David Taggart, sometimes it's just asking different questions and you start speaking in different areas and then bang, it's a massive weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's funny we're talking about this today. We've uh, we've started a group. I spoke about uh, my mate's wedding that I've got on this week mm-hmm. from school. And uh, we started just a WhatsApp group for that, for that purpose, yep. to That's just good. have a, a line of communication where we can, if... If we're struggling with certain things or things aren't, you know, going well for us at the moment, that we can just whack, whack it in the chat uh, and and talk about uh, our issues and how we're feeling and uh, get get that support when needed. So yep. um, yeah, the, the space is growing all the time and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really fantastic. Well said. Fourteen minutes past eight o'clock on sixteen twenty nine SCNSA. We're going to come back next and wrap it all up. Good morning. I'm Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than that. Oh, good fun catching up with our good friend, our new friend Jacob Ryan from the Glenelg Football Club just before. So catch up on that chat by the podcast. The Balfers in one hand, your team's colours in the other. Balfers are for the game. Big shout out to our good friends at Morn Team. We love their support. Morn Team Ford, Mount Barker. That's where you get the V6 Ranger. And just a quick one, Gibbsy as well. Uh, show your support for McHappy Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas. For only $5, money raised will go towards Ronald McDonald House Charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children and their families. It's been a really, really big show, so let's finish it on a really solid high. And you know where I'm going with this. KFC, KFC Supercoach BBL is back at supercoach.com.au. It's time to speak to the great man. It's the Phantom. Good morning to you, mate. Morning, gentlemen. Thanks again for having me. Ah, our absolute pleasure. Glenn Maxwell, bang, broken leg. He's out. Who should we replace? Yeah, big news. Sounds like a bit of a house party you would frequent, Hazy. It's a freak <laughs> accident for Glenn Maxwell over the weekend, a 50th birthday. He's out. He's a popular in case he's super coach for, for obvious reasons, but he's a top price. You've got a lot of money to spend. I'm looking at a, a match short from, from our hood. The strikers been batting pretty well for Victoria, importantly, in KFC Supercoach, he bats at the top of the order and he bowls a bit too. So Matt Short or maybe an Alex Hales, an Englishman who dominated the T20 World Cup, but two pretty good options, I think, uh, to replace Glenn Maxwell. So, Phantom, I'm more of a, an NBA fantasy player, but uh, f- can you just run us through the nuts and bolts of what the BBL Supercoach looks like? Uh, how many players can you select? What's your salary cap just for the people out there who might want to get involved? Yeah, it's a good question, Gibson. It relates a little bit to NBA. You know, have to change the team all the time, and BBL is pretty high places game on every night. So you do got to be over the top of everything, but it makes it a little bit more interesting. You've got to pick two wicket keepers, seven batsmen, and seven bowlers uh, in your team. The key to success in case Supercoach BBL is following a fixture as well. We know 
Um, a couple of teams might double up in the opening round and they might have the buy in the second round. It's all about juggling. You get three trades every week. And this year we've got a new feature called a trade boost, which you can use three times for you, you get four trades. So plenty of flexibility. It's an easy game to play. You've got to be on top of it. Uh, but there's plenty uh, of trades available to keep you interested and keep your team strong. Of course, 25k to win uh, over summer as well. Phantom, we have no idea what you look like, but we assume that you're an absolutely beautiful man. Um, we appreciate your time this morning. So um, keep fighting the good fight and keep making dreams come true. Pleasure, boys. There you go. It's time to play Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach, BBL. Head to supercoach.com.au. Check out the Phantom's uh, Twitter page as well. Jeez, just roaring along. Over 10,000 followers. So uh, It's just a mystery of the man as well. It's very Batman-esque, isn't it? Oh, just the, the mask on, hood on, <laughs> yeah. if you're lurking through the streets. Where's a cape? <laughs> uh, very good stuff. Good to be joined by the Phantom this morning. Uh, it is almost 23 minutes past 8 o'clock. We're going to come back next and wrap it all up. We are powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. Uh, top of 24 across Adelaide today. If you are heading along to the cricket, let us know. 0427 154 166. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Breakfast with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. I'm looking yeah, yeah, it's been a big show. We've come to you thanks to Weeks Homes. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes, discover difference. It's just been jam-packed this morning, Gibbs. It's been a big week, to be fair. We had Michelangelo Rucci. We had Jacob Ryan, who's an outstanding young man uh, from the Glenelg Football Club. We're waiting to hear his name uh, read out in the AFL draft. We spoke to the phantom Curtis Mead from the Adelaide Giants. And I thought you just revealed the phantom's name then. Oh, no. Goodness me. Do you know who the phantom no, is? No, I don't. But I was like, do you know something that I don't know? Oh, goodness me. I don't. Do you know something I don't know? No. Does anyone out there know who the phantom is? 0427154166, one of the great mysteries in life. Someone over there with his sunnies on, hood on, and uh, looking pretty sheepish. That could be the Phantom. Is that the Phantom? He's like walking down uh, King William Street. <laughs> yeah. uh, we spoke to Dermot Breton uh, just before as well. So, big show. Make sure you download the podcast. Uh, that's it for us this week. Sam and Kingy on tomorrow morning from 5.30. What's your plans for the rest of the day slash weekend, Gibsy? Uh, nah, just back up to Panther Park this afternoon. And uh, I've got a best mate's wedding. So, looking forward to that. Oh, gosh. Just a recap as well. If um, if it could be measured, the sharp Richter scale is just, I mean, it's off its hinges at the moment with your hiccup. Thank you, Andrew, mm. for noticing. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, all right, so we'll see you on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go Australia tonight and uh, all the best to you and your families. <laughs>